Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Mission Impossible Fallout, directed by Christopher McQuarrie and released in 2018. The plot of the movie goes something like this. After a mission gone wrong, Ethan Hunt and his team race to retrieve three stolen plutonium cores. And as we have been doing, we'll do a quick spoiler-free section uh, where we'll tell you whether you should see this movie uh, before going on to talk about it with spoilers. Yes. You should definitely see this movie, like, right now while it's on the big screen because the plot is the but it looks phenomenal. Like, there has not been a movie this beautiful out this year, I don't think. It is gorgeous. Mm. And the action scenes are so tight. So, like, if you are going to see this movie at all, you've got to see it on the big screen. Yeah. It's really good. It is really good. There'd been good word of mouth for a couple of weeks, but this is the best one for a long time in this franchise i know i I liked the last one a lot and it also looked good but Mm. not as good as this one um it was the colors the color grading in this is kind of amazing as well yeah um it but it did still look pretty good that and that opera um house scene was really tight and everything yeah yeah. christopher mccrory is a really good action director Mm. um but i also thought the emotional stakes were higher in the last one than this one for me Mm. um mostly because Simon Pegg Simon was Pegg. in trouble. Yep. <laughs> and that, that raises the emotional sex for me because he's really the only person I care about in these movies. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But- I just thought this was really, really good. And I think it was also interesting to watch Tom Cruise because he's he turned 56 the other day. And he there are points – and he's sort of well-known as being someone who's done everything in his power to hang on to – his youth like he's he still acts in his movies like he's 39 Mm. as opposed to you know in his 50s and there are points in this movie where he actually looks 55 and I was like like you actually watch Ethan unravel at points over this movie and I was like I I just really kind of yeah I I feel like that's giving it too much credit but well um, a little bit and possibly it's things that weren't intended mm. but there are points at which he he looks his age and I'm like this is good this is like, I, I like to see a bit of mortality in my Tom Cruise, you know? Yeah, but I don't – yeah, I, I think it's giving it too much credit. I don't think yeah. that was intentional. Possibly um, not. But I, I thought that that was very interesting. Um, but the action, though, like, yeah. seriously. And obviously he still does his own stunts. And that's actually got some value here. Like, I came out of this movie and I thought, this is what I wanted Skyscraper to be. Mm. Like, the, the stunts, like, we know he does the stunts. He's crazy. He does that. Like, nobody else does them. Henry Cavill doesn't do them. The others don't do them. But that commitment to having things done in camera and that commitment to, like, doing stuff on screen really pays off in the way this action is done. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does. But also it's dangerous and sets a bad precedent. And I don't, I'm not a big no, fan it's of not, it. No, it's not. Like, we shouldn't encourage people to do it. And clearly this was done with a lot of, like, a, money and attention to safety like there's in the if you look in the credits there's thousands and thousands of helicopter pilots and helicopter safety people and faa supervisors and um aerial cinematographers and aerial photography safety people like it was done with as much safety as you could do and you don't want to be you don't want to push that envelope too far but then when you've got someone who wants to push the envelope like tom cruise there is some value in that that see all the in in camera stuff because it's not just the like the stupid dangerous stunts which are clearly stupid but it's also in the fight scenes mm. and the way the driving um that yeah. kind of stuff the um yeah the, there's a lot of other people i think that we can credit for that stuff as well but tom cruise did um yeah it is good to see like 
it, that it is clearly him doing a lot of those things. I mean, it's, you know, he's famous for riding motorbikes and running, and he does both very effectively mm. in this mm-hmm. movie. And uh, along dangling with some other off stuff. tall things as well, <laughs> dangling off things. Yeah. But uh, and um, I, yeah, I think it's definitely a movie worth seeing. I think it's a mo- movie worth seeing on the big screen. I feel like other ones have had better stories. I don't think this was the best story mm. of the Mission Impossible franchise. It was a I thought long. three was good, and I thought five was good. Yeah, I think other ones have had better stories than this one. Mm. Um, better surprises and twists, and mm. like have been more interesting in terms of emotional. Um, in terms of emotional stakes. Yeah. But there's never been one that looked as good as this. And in terms of like action filmmaking, this is the pinnacle of action filmmaking. This is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see all the money that they spend on this up on screen. Um, I did. Yeah. I did think it was a tad long. Um, it's so long. It, God. It's two and a half hours. There's like three endings. You feel it. So, the, yeah. And there, was, there were bits where I was thinking this scene could have been a little tighter. So that, yeah, that was. Like, and the plot, as you say, is a bit all over the place. Um, I do like it, it does have nice little nods back to er, the earlier films. Yeah, I remember the first one the best, so I noticed all the ones about the first one, but there's also nods back to the TV series. And, um, they some of it has a bit of a like with that sort of 60s Cold War vibe going on. Yeah, um, and we can a talk a bit about but, more about which throwbacks we noticed. Um, yeah, we'll talk about them specifically when we get into spoilers. But I, I like that stuff. If you've been paying attention and watching these for a long time, it, it rewards you. But you don't have to be. And um, the only you, other- don't, you, don't, you can still follow along without needing to know all that stuff. The only other thing I want to say in the spoiler-free section before we get into spoilers is Henry Cavill is a whole damn meal in this movie. He looks so good, I wanted to die. Even like, with the moustache, yeah. No, the, the moustache isn't even bad on him. Like, it's not... I, well, I didn't think it was. I didn't think that the facial hair was bad on him. Like, yeah, it just kind of made him a little bit less pretty, He's which very worked for this character, I think. Ursine. Um, yeah, it, it, he's, he's so big. He yes. looks, he's just, like, he looks like a bear. Yes. He's just so big. But like, but he looks like just so good in this. Like, it yeah, was just okay. distracting <laughs> to me how good. And like, you know, I, that was just. Like the the shirt and pants combo in the beginning of the movie was so distracting, especially when his hair like just kind of curls over his forehead was like, I couldn't think about anything. I couldn't concentrate on anything else when they were like fighting or talking except how good Henry Cavill looks. Right, so, right. I, apparently I don't have the, the same crush on Henry Cavill that you do. I mean, he does look good. I'm not saying he's he didn't. He's a dick. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying I'm not, I'm not saying looks... he doesn't look good. I just... Um, oh, that he's not good. He is good in this. I thought he was. I actually thought he was yeah. a really good addition to the cast. Um, he, I think he adds something to it. Yeah, I, and I think also Tom Cruise having to share this screen with an like an up and coming action hero. I think that's kind of forced him to push his game, like lift his game a bit. Yeah, and um, th- this for me is the best Henry Cavill's been since Man from Uncle. Mm, yeah, which a- I, don't, I uses mean- Henry Cavill in the way Henry Cavill should be used. Yeah, so. Let's get into spoilers before we mm. accidentally spoil. Or before I we do any more spoilers in this spoiler-free. So, spoilers now. Yeah. Um. So, obviously, Henry Cavill is a bad guy. Now, Henry mm. Cavill as the bad guy is so blindingly obvious. But you can see it in the trailer. When it, the movie started and um the CIA lady says, oh, you're going to have to team up with my, my guy from the CIA. I'm like, but isn't he going to be the bad guy of this movie? I... I been so condi- like conditioned by the trailer that when they pretended he was the good guy, it was like, wait, what? Yeah, like, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird because I, I too was. But even from the trailer, like it was obviously the bad guy. But 
Yeah, well, it's, he has it's menacing that. voiceover in the trailer. And he also, the fight, the bathroom fight looks like a fight. The way it's, it looks in the trailer, it looks like it's a fight between him and Tom Cruise. Yeah, they, they edited it that way for it. Um, so and, it yeah. seemed like they were going for that right from the trailer. And yeah. then in the movie, it seemed like they were trying to make it a twist, but like the laziest twist ever because yeah. we're basically told he's the bad guy very close to the start. Mm. Like when they get Solomon Lane, he says to Tom Cruise a line that Henry Cavill has said two scenes earlier. Mm. Like verbatim. You're like, it could not be more obvious that he's the bad guy. Yeah. So I didn't even feel like it was supposed to be a twist except the way that they did the reveal made it seem like it was supposed to be a twist yeah like he gives the phone to angela bassett and is like i think you'll find all the information you need and you're like the only way that she could find all the information she needs is if you doctored it well also, because... it's not the same phone it doesn't have broken screen yeah and it's not the same um, phone and, and and the way he, he's so intense as well like his dialogue is so intense with her in that scene but also there's an earlier scene with tom cruise where he's particularly intense about like arguing the other side. Mm. Um, and th- the mystery is in how long it will take Tom Cruise and his team to figure it out. Yeah, but, but it's even- not a good mi- – it's not tense. There's no tension there. No. And, the, like, Solomon Lane is – you've got Sean Harris with that voice. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, and you've got all the dumb dream sequences. Like, you use that. That's what you use – to create the tension because this is somebody that they have a history with. He's incredibly dangerous. He's incredibly smart. He's the guy that is the the bad guy. He mm. is the the um, mastermind. Mm. And yet he's sort of just there for the rest of the film after he has that big talk with Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's just around. It's bizarre. <laughs> I found that really weird. I, I, I just didn't – like – there's there's a whole chase sequence where Tom Cruise is chasing Henry Cavill through Paris, no London. Yeah, chasing Henry Cavill through London, and then they get away, and Solomon Lane is already in the helicopter that that Henry Cavill gets in. Yeah, and you're like, when did they go get him? How did he get there? How did he get there? Yeah, yeah. Why aren't we following him as well? Like, what is going on here? Yeah. That just was distracting and frustrating for me i was kind of glad that ilsa got the showdown with solomon lane because she deserved it mm. too yeah but um it's also at the same time it's disappointing that he wasn't used better because he's much scarier and more menacing than henry cavill is yeah like he's just so he has so much kind of just natural like uh creepiness and intimidation yeah. that he is such a presence yeah i do find henry cavill a bit scary just because he's so big yeah. I find that kind of like, although there's sometimes where it's really stupid. Like there's a point at which he has to fight Alec Baldwin. You're like, there's <laughs> just no way. That was so funny. He's so much bigger than him. He it, It's like watching my cat fight your dog. My cat is enormous. Of course he's going to beat the dog. He's not like, just big. He's so buff. He's like huge. Yeah. And, and like a foot taller than Alec Baldwin. Yeah. And he's so much younger. Yeah. Like, I mean, well, to be fair, Alec Baldwin's only four years older than Tom Cruise. But he's so much much younger. To be fair, I thought the same thing when he was fighting Tom Cruise. I was like, there's points where that happens and you're like, but he's so much bigger. He's going to snap you in half like a twig, tiny man. Yeah. I mean, but small, really um, in shape people can beat bigger opponents. Yeah. Yeah. If they use certain fast and, yeah, you know, big. Um, yeah. but he's so much younger, so he's but, not and Alec just... Baldwin's not playing 
a small in shape person. Alec no. Baldwin is middle-aged secretary of whatever department runs this IMF program. Yeah. Like he's 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 playing, you know, a late Death jockey. Yeah. A, a late 50s actual middle-aged man, not like a middle-aged man who jumps out of planes. But also even with but, but when it's Henry Cavill versus Tom Cruise, yeah. he's not like faster and and spry and like no he's he's old yeah he's older so you're like there's no way that that henry cavill yeah. versus tom cruise is gonna come out with tom cruise being the victor yeah as alluded to in the um in the non-spoilery section i think there's like there's some things that happen in here about with tom cruise that i'm not sure he's necessarily aware of but given that he is so controlling of his image but he clearly has let them sort of shoot things this way because he i actually think he does start to look a bit older. Like he's he, it shows him up as being a person who is in his fifties as opposed to the thirty-five-year-old he thinks he is. When? How? His Explain face to me. So there are points at which his face starts looking like pained. When it, the the run through London in particular, you see it, he looks hurt on that run. And in yeah. fact, they keep in a scene um, where he breaks his ankle, mm. um, which then like shuts down production, shut down production on this film. But he. Like you see his him getting more and more strained, getting after trying to go after this guy. But I think that's more about like, look how much stamina he has that he keeps going. Like I, I don't think that's him showing up his age. Yeah, I don't I think, think he's he just... thinks that. But it's it's what I, st- I started to notice as the chasing, those chasings get more desperate. He starts to look his age to me, and I I don't mind that. I think that's good. Um. But I, I I don't know that's necessarily what Tom Cruise intended, whether or not the director did or not. Is not to me, it was more in other scenes. There's the scene where he, you know, the scene where Ilsa says she's coming with him. Mm. He looked a hundred there. Like mm. he looked so bloated and his eyes were drooping and he just looked. Yeah. And it, that he wasn't, I don't think that they were trying to make him frame him like he was older there. I think no, they were I trying to frame was, him like he was sad. And worried as well and about worried. his team. Yeah. Th- and those moments as well, when he worries about the team, he looks older. Like he looks like a person who's seen some shit. Yes. But I think there's a, yeah, I, I just think it's giving this movie too much credit to say that it's. It's possible it like, is. That I he's just, it was playing really... older. No, no. So I, much it... as he's playing somebody who has like been doing this for a long time and, and he's worried about everybody and he cares about everything. But like he's still doing insane things that no human being of any age could do, let alone his age. Mm. Like this, they're, they're still acting like he's 40. Right. But he's still, yeah, there were just some moments that made me, made me feel that. There's also another moment, the um, in the big bathroom fight scene where um, – Love that. God, yeah, really well done. Um, but the fact that they go into the bathroom, like the two of them, and the other men come into the bathroom and see men like men in the bathroom. There's, there's all these references to cruising, right, in there, mm. like is in gay um, male hookups in toilets. And that is something I – like old Tom Cruise used to get litigious when people even suggested – he might be gay. Yes. And to actually allow a scene like that that plays off of that. I don't know if that's him, if that's something else. But even but that, that was, was like – It was pretty was... mild, but that for Tom Cruise is having a laugh at himself. It's. I see where you're coming from. I don't think he's having a laugh at himself though. Like I think he's just – like he was still angry that they thought he was – that they were hooking up in there. You could see like how frustrated he was, but they couldn't make any sound. Like it wasn't – I mean – and those men also were kind of like mocked mm. by the the framing of that scene. Yeah. So that was 
to me, just a straight homophobic scene. Right. Like, they were like, oh, we can come in too, you know, more the merrier sort of a thing. Like, yeah, right. that they had no morals and it it was pretty nasty, I thought. Like, yeah, I, I mm. don't know. It, that was icky to me. I didn't like that. Yeah, right. um, Where, I mean, the fact that they even reference that gay people exist and are not terrible stereotypes i suppose is maybe progressive for tom cruise but still that's yeah okay really i think pushing it, it it's it that and they were european mm. you know and i just thought that was like mm. um i love that scene though um just in general like the framing of it is gorgeous the the it's so satisfying to see all that blood on the white tiles oh, yeah <laughs> Just like in a way that's probably not great, but it was really that set was fantastic. Oh, all white set, the all white tiles, the, yeah. and that that shot where they have Tom Cruise in the mirror going across, and then he turns into Henry Cow. Yes. Like the Henry, the mirror stops and it becomes yeah. Henry the way Cowell. they use that, yeah, just like great, great, great work. Yeah, and also because he's becoming Lark in that scene, yeah. and Henry Cavill is Lark. Yeah. Like that is so. Like the, just the way that they use camera work to show plot is really nice. Uh-huh. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed the kind of more complex thought processes that went into some of the actual filmmaking. Mm. Um, was really nice for me. And yeah, the way the fight scenes were all shot, so you could see everything happening. Oh, so um, that guy—I don't know who played the original fake Lark, but he was a great, great fighter yeah yeah martial artist and yeah, watching yeah. him go up against both tom cruise and henry cavill was very satisfying yeah, yeah, as well. he was he was smaller even than tom cruise yeah but he was so such a good fighter exactly that's what what i'm talking yeah. about with the smaller like he mm-hmm. was clearly besting henry cavill yeah despite yeah. being a lot smaller you know yeah yeah and that was really it was just really the stunt choreography is great like the fight yeah. choreography is great uh um, he's a stunt man his name is liang yang yeah and he's a he's a, he's a like done stunts on heaps of stuff. Yeah, right. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and really good use of a stunt guy to put him in like a role like that, uh, where he gets to show off like yeah, and that. And he doesn't really have any lines. Yeah. Um, in a nice suit. Uh, yeah, loved yeah. It. Loved it. Loved good. it. Loved it was it. a good suit too. Yeah. Uh, they all the, look good in that. Suit. that yeah. Well, actually, one of the things I was like, all the, everyone's pants are so tight, and they're like kicking and all this. How are these pants staying together? Are they wearing leggings, formal leggings? I don't care. They look good. Oh, they looked they, great. They had Henry's Cavill butt in frame very nicely <laughs> many times in that scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, I took so many notes, man. I just had yeah. so many notes. It was gorgeous. And the, the scene, that was set in the um, a building in Paris called the Grand Palais. And it was like a beautiful scene. Mm. Um, also contains one of two shots that were in the trailer and then not in uh, sorry, t- shots that were in the trailer but didn't end up happening. Like there's a shot in the trailer of Tom Cruise swinging from a rope under the ceiling of that building, but um, that doesn't end up in the um, <laughs> didn't end up in the final cut. <laughs> Along with the the big truck scene that it's finishes crazy the trailer, that they shot things like that and didn't put them in the movie. Yeah, like. yeah, I know, right? There was there was more crazy action stuff than mm-hmm. um, even actually made it in. But that building was beautiful, and like this this giant um, rave going on, and then you you step back into this sort of fancy. I don't know, VIP room where Vanessa Kirby's holding court. And oh my God, she was great. Fantastic. She was, to me, the best actress in the movie. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, Angela Bassett's barely in it. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit disappointed that she didn't get to do very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like for the role, she was great. Um, and but I also, if- I actually liked um, Rebecca Ferguson's pantsuit in that scene. Yeah, right. It was- I didn't like her much, but I liked the pants. I am not 
a Rebecca Ferguson fan still. No, it was a very good like um, lady detective outfit, but she was was had a, like a shiny shirt and stuff, so she fit in with the crowd. I keep seeing all this stuff about how great she is in these movies, and I don't get it. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't like her. She she doesn't act. She doesn't act. Yeah, yeah. She just says her lines. I mean, am I am I crazy? <laughs> she's just boring. I think. Yes. And the other problem is also that. Um, Michelle Monaghan comes back later on and they look identical. Yeah, but Michelle Monaghan Michelle Monaghan is like so sweet. And and just so like human. Yeah. And it's kind of a relief from yeah. Rebecca Ferguson, who is so robotic to me. Like she just isn't Yeah. She just and seems so, to read her lines yeah. and kick some butt and nothing else. And so when um Vanessa Kirby comes in, she is just like she just draws the eye. Mm. And this is like like she was in she was Princess Margaret in The Crown and this is like her first sort of big movie off the back of that. And she is killing it. Oh yeah. And in and she also talks about um she refers to her mother Max, which to me I'm pretty sure is Vanessa Redgrave's character from the first film. Mm. Um so like she's sort of a legacy character, but also it plausibly looks like she could actually be Vanessa Redgrave's daughter. Yeah. Um yeah, and like I enjoyed the scenes with her in them. I thought she was mm. a good foil for them yeah she's got a great voice too yeah like she's she unusual for a woman she's got this big booming like um cut glass british accent she it's like a, a tom hiddleston voice in a woman which is just amazing and she really really like dominates her room plus she, they call her the white widow so she, they dress her in white all the time so she's always in these really fancy gowns and they go back to her house which or hotel room, wherever she is. Which uh, they entered the room, and I was just like, "That looks like a painting." Mm. This beautiful hotel room, but she, everything looked like a painting, like right she, from the opening yeah. shot. Oh my that dream God. sequence, which was yeah, very beautifully shot. Yeah, I yeah. thought I didn't really like the dream sequences, but I thought it was beautifully shot. No, well, well put together. Um, there's a bit as well, like, um, oh, oh, that's right. When they pull the car in, I think in Paris, where they've got ninety seconds to get the one chip out of, um lane and another one into him or whatever they, they come they come in and driving in this old bmw and they drive up this sort of dirt road and this it's followed by a steady cam and it's one of the best uses of steady cam i've ever seen plus like the grain of the film stock kind of changes mm. for the entrance into the lair and it's just this beautifully shot thing of like this car coming out of nowhere and sort mm. of a grainy dirtiness to the film that film stock that kind of made you go ooh. oh that scene when they're um when um the IMF drives up to into the airport where oh, steady with Tom Cruise along the, oh, along, in a car along yes. the ground and it's, oh, into the airbase with Tom Cruise at the wheel. Wonderful, yeah. When he's going to meet Alec Baldwin and and um, Angela Bassett and yeah. Henry Cavill, yeah. Wow, that was that shot. I was like, it's like dizzyingly wonderful. Yeah, the, um, the car stuff. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, the car stuff. The uh, the, the um. The stunt driving, you like the, the when the car. Again in the old BMW where they do a big handbrake turn and come down some stairs. Mm. A little bit of a reference to the last film, um, but also like just this beautiful piece of stunt driving. Yeah, and it's shot so well. And then and they show it to you as well. They show you the handbrake and all the yeah. all the stuff and that you when, want to see. When he did the motorbike ride around the Arc de Triomphe was so great. Oh, yeah, and going so against like, the traffic. Yes, and it's oh. it's like you get this, it's that kind of like, swelling in mm. your heart as you watch it of like the tension and the pumping and the gorgeous background and it's and like, just like 
Oh, oh that is so cool. That yeah. is amazing to me. Yeah. Like that was all my favorite stuff in this film. All yeah. of my favorite stuff is things like that. And yeah. then when he, like the end of it, when he cuts the hole and he drops down into the boat. Um, oh my God. Yes. That little escape. Yeah. Very, um, uh, maybe TV series, but maybe like it's, it, it actually has a bit of, that has a bit of an air of like Man from Uncle or like yeah. old 60s TV shows. Yeah. Um, and probably um, Man from Uncle is probably a Mission Impossible ripoff, let's be honest. Um, I don't know what the dates are around them all. Mission Impossible, the TV series, was a James Bond ripoff. So, mm. um, but that, um, that, by the way, you're right about Max and White Widow. I Googled it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, but that, that little scene. And then, I mean, because we also get waiting for him in the sewers in a boat are <laughs> Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames, who I don't remember how you described the two of them, but they were like, they sort of drive off past Gay? the. Yeah, that was probably it. <laughs> like, like husbands punting on yes. the Seine for a day. They were just like, they were wearing these, um, Simon Pegg is in these jaunty, um, suspenders and Bing Rams has one of his cool hats on. And like, they just, you know, chilling on this boat, which is great. It was, yeah. They did look like, like yeah. husbands out for a jaunt on the, yeah. Like, and then great. they've got this guy in a straight jacket at the other end of the boat. They were cool. Actually, I liked how they dressed Simon Pegg. He's all, he quite often has like little waistcoats and, and bow ties. Man and, from Uncle was first cool things like that there you go um 63 man from uncle started 64 and mission impossible 66 yeah anyway they very much like that cold war era yeah. vibe which comes back a couple of times like the initial thing in berlin where the um the deal for the plutonium goes south um mm-hmm. because ethan wants to save Ving rams um that scene has a bit of a cold war vibe can we just address the fact that t- like 20 times in this movie people are like you lost the plutonium and i was like he found it in the you wouldn't know where it was if he hadn't tracked it down in the first place i know right he just didn't it's get so, it in this deal my god because he, he saved his own team it's crying so out loud infuriatingly stupid yeah. that they're like you lost the plutonium and that's like you're like that it's not like you found it and then sent him yeah. on a mission to get it he's the one who who got far enough to know who to go to to get the plutonium exactly I would think that that would still be a relatively, like, a more successful than unsuccessful mission. Right? Because he knew where it, he still knows where it is, at least. I know. I like, know. that is just, that is a bad plot to me. And that's one, one of the reasons why it frustrates me so much, you know? Because it's like, yeah. if they had gone, oh, you know, you were the one who tracked it down, but, like, you were also the one who lost it. And so, like, it's complicated with you because you are very good at your job. But also, you don't put the greater good before your own team. Yeah, I would get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I would. I would understand that, and I would appreciate that. But the fact that they keep going, you lost the plutonium, like he wasn't the person who found it in the first place, and they had any yeah, idea yeah, where yeah. it was before that. It's just infuriating. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. It's just dumb. Mm. I just found that so irritating. Yeah, and it's sad because I think some of the writing for this was really good. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, and like clever, but the plot was just kind of. It's like they they knew what they wanted to do with the plot and didn't think that much about how they were going to do it. Yeah, there was a lot of like, how can we string these massive action sequences together? Yeah, four big action sequences with some exposition in the middle mm. was kind of how I felt about it. Like, yeah. I wanted more character stuff in the middle. Um, yeah. A lot of it is just kind of, first there's a tape that expositions at us and then Alec Baldwin expositions at us and now Tom Cruise is going to exposition. Yeah. And you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, it's and it's really quite long. A lot mm. of that stuff. So that's a lot of where you kind of go. This scene could be a bit tighter, especially the opening 
like bit where he gets his mission, which they do some really cool old school stuff. Like there's an actual old school tape and he has projected onto a wall, which is awesome. I love that. I love it. Again, nice throwback to the 60s and stuff. But it goes on. Yeah. And on. And lots of lens flare and it looks delicious. Also, there's a a weird religion undertone at the beginning of the movie oh, that kind of goes yeah, away. Yeah, like the manifesto is like anti-religious, the the, the bad guy manifesto that um, Lark has written. And, and the um the and the way they get um Lane the first time with the fake um fake news item about Oh, that like was fun, the though. bombs going off. Yeah, that was that was great too. Like very um old school TV show, uh, early movies kind of kind of cheesy and obvious. Yeah, yeah, but, but like cool. and it was obvious like very quickly that yeah, it yeah. wasn't real, but, but it was cool. It when also it allowed them to do kind of it allowed the when they did uh, later on with when Simon Pegg playing Lane. Yeah, that, when they did that, that allowed that to pay that payoff for that to be yeah. better because they'd done the earlier gag. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, yeah. That was the stuff I liked where they, yeah, they set things up and paid them yeah. off and stuff like that. And that was all. But I thought the religious thing was going to play into it more. Yeah, it really it was only didn't. that one atheist scientist at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe they would have more stuff like fights in churches and yeah. like, you know. Oh, what... yeah, like when he ends up in St. Paul's in the middle of like a big yeah. fancy funeral, the start of that London chase. Yeah. That's really cool. It is. And I thought that maybe it would be like. You know, protecting religious freedoms um, against like this guy who thinks that they're the root of all evil, and yeah, yeah, like a bigger picture. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the concepts there, but I thought at least there'd be a theme because I yeah. didn't feel like there was a real theme to tie yeah, this you, together. You lose it entirely by the time we get to Kashmir, and the, yeah, yeah, and, it's and more it could just have a, been really interesting yeah. to see him protecting the religious freedoms of the people in Kashmir as well. You know, if they had had a religious like an anti-religious yeah. attack to attacking right, like because it Muslims went, or right, and where is it that? Whereas the motive that they they give for that is that he they want to like contaminate the water supply of this hugely populated area. The religion religion is completely gone. Yeah. from the motive, it's just like they and they've decided to go you know for this refugee hospital. Well, yeah, they. I mean, they're all like, why did he want a? a medical camp there and i'm like it's really obviously because tom cruise's ex-wife is a doctor yeah yeah like this is blood how do the characters in this movie not think Did you about forget that? about the especially we've, we've had the conversation about the ex-wife just before just, that Henry we, just to remind just us all him. that she's a doctor because we know that and we've like, seen earlier movies and tom cruise knows she's a doctor yeah. how come he doesn't think about it it's not, and then she's like he, she's like ethan and he turns around and he's so shocked and i'm like Oh, come, come on. Up. You're supposed to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh. like you're surprised at this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also a lot of interesting stuff with lighting that happens early in the movie that kind of falls off later. But there's like... Yeah. The, you know when he has he has a really cheesy line coming out of the I am the storm? <laughs> and he comes out of the doorway and says, I am the storm and gets oh, lit yeah, up. When he gets, when he's getting the mission. Yeah. It's that, it, like real old school um, Cold War spy, spy craft stuff. Yeah. And they put, do a lot of backlighting of characters. Yeah. So you yeah. Can't see them it's and stuff. Fun. That's fun. Um, lots of lens flares. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Simon Pegg's first scene in the movie, I'm like, he's still the best part of these movies. I feel like he brings a kind of necessary humanity. Yeah that is kind of lacking from the Mission Impossible franchise. Mm. And so does Michelle Monaghan a bit. Yes, I think she does. Um, 
I'm also I, – I like Benji, the damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah. They only really damsel a woman once in this movie and it's that poor police officer. Yeah. It's like, of course it has to be a female officer that Tom Cruise heroically saves. Yeah, I mean, of course. Um, But I, I'm, I'm glad that there wasn't too much of that kind of sexism in this. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't pass the vegetable test, but still. No. Small steps. And, this and, is Mission Impossible. They're not great on women. No. And, and Simon Pegg is great yes. in that part. Like, he just is very – very much that that beating heart of the whole thing. Like and he he's the he's the thing that um the reason that Marvel succeeds so well in that sort of that humor and heart thing. Mm. And he does he does that beautifully for this franchise. Yes, and that that affection between him and Ethan mm. is such a core of these films now. I think like yeah. the fact that Ethan's always like, I won't let anything hurt you, and he's like, How how are you going to do that? Yeah, like how are you going to do that? And Ethan's like, I'll figure it out. But there's a there's a very genuine kind of connection there that it's very mm. hard to get with Tom Cruise. Well, you, well, you get the feeling that that sort of spills over from real life because Simon Pegg is such a like happy-go-lucky, mm. fun guy to be around, and I suspect that sort of brings out the best in Tom Cruise. Like, there's a video just came out last week of him and James Corden jumping out of a plane. Yeah, and I think that Tom Cruise around those sort of fun guys who will make who will gently make fun of him, but like he feels comfortable with mm. that. I think brings out a bit of a bit more of his humanity. Yeah. Like in, uh, yeah. And, and then Ving Rhames kind of brings this like calm energy to the whole thing that yeah. I think those three quite, work quite well as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm Ving Rhames also got that, you know, that sort of, I'm too old for this shit. He's been here since the first one. He's mm. the only other person who's been in all of these films. Mm. Um, and he has a good voice too. <laughs> Great voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh. when you hear him on the radio for the first time, you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, Luther's here. Yeah. And he got more to do in this one than last yeah, one, which I he, was absolutely, nice. yeah. Um, there's a couple of times in the movie where they're coming up against the apostles mm. and the apostles don't kill them that really annoyed me. Like, they kill the ba- their, their opposition before they kill the people who are greater threats. Like, I understand keeping Ethan alive because Solomon Lane wants him alive. Why would you not just the- kill Benji and Luther? I know. Ridiculous. Um, like, that is... You know, I mean, I yeah. don't want them dead. I'm just saying you would shoot them quickly. I, I understand from doing a little bit of reading about this movie that there's a very deliberate decision not to kill Benji and Ethan. Like they were Benji and Luther. Benji and Luther. Sorry, Benji and Ethan. Um, Benji and Luther. Like there was several opportunities where it would have made sense to do that yeah. for the plot, but they actually like decided not to, which is very unmission impossible because like this is a franchise that starts with him losing his entire team. Some I of whom are played they... by very famous actors, but the thing problem is. There'd be too much backlash. Like, if yeah. those two actors went, it would just take so much from the franchise. Yeah, I think they really need them. Yeah. Because they are they the can't. humanity of the team. Yeah, they can't. So, they, they there were opportunities to do it, but they just couldn't. Yeah, and so they killed off Alec Baldwin instead and everybody. Yeah, which is fine. Which is met with a resounding, oh, eh. right. He was in these movies. <laughs> Although, it, and it's also, it also like, fo- immediately, fairly immediately follows the Alec Baldwin trying to fight Henry Cavill scene. And you're just like, oh, God, the poor old man is going to get beaten here. <laughs> um, and then he actually dies in, um, he has the same death as Christian Scott Thomas in the first one where okay. he gets, like, stabbed against the fence. Um, not quite exactly the same, but same kind of feel to it. Um, and then he gets this long death scene. I'm like, come on, let's mm. move on to the next bit. I get yeah, that he's big famous. heroic death scene where he closes his eyes at the end of it, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, he looked like he was having fun. Um, I have so many notes about what a thirst trap Henry Cavill is. <laughs> I'm trying to go through it. Oh, and just I'm get like, past all the thirst trap stuff. Yeah, I, it's just funny because like, even though I know he's good looking, and I can agree that he was good looking in his pants, like he looked great in his tight pants. I don't feel it the same way that clearly you did. Oh yeah, 
I was, yes. But it's okay. I've watched a few Captain America movies in my time. I understand. Yeah. I was like, I was in a lost haze for like minutes of this movie just watching him. Like I would just watch him do stuff and not pay attention to anything else that was happening. Um, so um, like seriously, it's like he looks so good and stuff over and over again. Um, I wrote that you made an Avengers joke and I forgot what it was. Oh, no, I remember what that was. So when they're skydiving out of out of the plane at the beginning, which was apparently the last stunt shot because Tom Cruise had to spend a year training to be able to do that jump. Anyway. Looked great. Oh, looked amazing. Um, they're jumping out of the plane. Um, Tom Cruise, or, you know, Henry Cavill says to Tom Cruise, scared of a little lightning. And so I leaned over to you and said, I'm not overly, I'm not fond. overly fond of what comes after. Yeah. That I, I wrote down that, that Tom Cruise before that makes a very old bug on a windscreen joke. Oh yeah, says, the last thing will be last thing through your head will be your knees. Yeah, the yeah. last thing will go through your mind will be your kneecaps. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the what's the last thing that went through the grasshopper's mind as he hit the windscreen. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, the the lack of subtlety in the minions of the bad guys was really frustrating. <laughs> like that when they were assassins in trying to go after mm. the White Widow and and Lark. Yeah, and you're like, you guys are so obvious. Like. You, you, do you want to try and hide a little bit? Yeah. Just like a little bit to make it less obvious that you're trying to kill these people? Like, And then they don't try and kill them in the middle of that, that party. You're like, what are you doing? This is idiotic, you know? Yeah. At least Ilsa's smart enough not to do that. No. Like, she's at least she's smart enough not to try and, like, kill people in very public places. No. Um, you know, even if she's not a very good actor. Yeah. Oh, the, when the baddies tumbled out of the back of the truck, like... Oh my gosh. Yes, that was such Star Trek stuff. He, when he was like driving forward really fast and back really fast and like um, move, rattling them around and yeah. the actors are like, woo, woo. <laughs> I was, that was just brilliant. And old school. Yeah, there was a Star Trek thing later actually when um, um, Michelle Monaghan says, I'm a doctor, not an electrician or something yeah. like that, that <laughs> um, made your husband laugh very hard, I noticed. Yeah. Um, I was. Um, too busy giggling at the um <laughs> still too busy giggling over the whole where's the detonator and it was like right on henry cavill's dick like <laughs> the show was like it's just sitting right there and i was like right? oh my god yeah, on his and penis. then it said like device armed <laughs> and it just made me laugh. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I actually wrote rebecca ferguson is like or cavill but that's boring so this is why like this movie um it, it's Good Tom Cruise is at his best when his movies are slightly homoerotic, mm-hmm. and Henry Cavill is at his best when he's kind of a dick, and his movies are slightly homoerotic. Yeah, from Uncle. Yeah, yeah, I know that they're, they're so good. To, uh, it's it's actually like these two are actually a really good pair. Yes, a really definitely. good pair. They, like they worked off each other really well. I thought. Yeah. Um, um, I got full body chills watching the after triumph scene. Oh my god, yeah. Um, it's just so gorgeous. Oh, how did how did Ilsa miss Solomon Lane when she was like she had a clean shot? Yeah, I completely. Don't. Like that was frustrating. And, and yeah, I don't know. I thought and he she's would be dead. Set, and like, I was a like, trained assassin. I assume so as well. I was like, oh, it's going to be interesting now that he's yeah. dead. No, no, can't have something like that. Mm. Uh, there was a kid next to me who was poking holes in this whole movie. Yes. So he noticed early on that she's on, she switches motorbikes. Like she's on a. Oh, right. She actually gets on a different, like, She's Mission Impossible. You can't mess up for the motorbike nerds. And, um, and also there's later on in the movie, he was like, 
that why would you have to start the countdown in order to be able to cut the wires? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. He's right. Um, he was putting, poking holes in the whole movie. He was about 12, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, sound designed. Yes, sound oh, yeah. driving. Yep. Um, yeah, and all the, of the technical stuff. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. score. Like they um, they get that, that Layla Schifrin score and then whoever did the music – on yeah. top of that was like there was some good stuff in there. Yeah, lovely use of the original score. Um, yeah, I was really annoyed when um, Vanessa Kirby kisses Tom Cruise. I was it like, was weird. It's because it, there's a, if there's a woman in his he movie, she has to kiss, has Tom, to kiss Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. like that was gross and stupid, and it was weird. And yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. There was um, a weird cult. There was one ugly scene in the whole movie. Yeah, and it was when um, Ilsa and Ethan met in those trees. Yeah, yeah, and the color grading was like At really the, orange um, and off. Yeah, the um, oh, what's that place called? I've just forgotten. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a very famous place. Um, there was a funny line that Alec Baldwin said about um, when usually when people say you're your you're own your worst enemy, it's it's a metaphor that I thought was actually quite good. <laughs> that was good. Um, and just before that, there's also a funny moment um between Benji and luther mm. where benji's like why do i have to be lane and luther just sort of gestures to his large black self <laughs> and goes yeah that was really fun yeah um the most scenic running scene ever like oh yeah across the rooftops of london yes, like way up poles to um the tate modern yeah way upping the bar from that that um daniel craig Casino Royale uh, yeah. introduction to parkour and movie scene yeah. um, was just Tom Cruise running across the rooftops and like in one shot for 30 seconds at a time uh, racing across. Yeah. And gorgeously shot. Like beautiful. Really yeah. a helicopter or drone shot and just mm. like it's delicious. Yeah. Actually, so actually speaking, my husband did say to me afterwards that some of the car shots look like drone shots. Mm. Some of the car photography was done that way. Yeah. Um. They cast Wes Bentley like completely innocuously, which I thought was weird. And he was only in it for a couple of scenes. Yeah, like I, I do wonder with if he might like. I, I mean, I know they don't, they haven't been greenlit for another sequel, but they probably will be on the back of this because it's made so much money and people and love it's great. it. Great. Um, but I went with him and and Angela Bassett. I suspect will be back next yeah. time, and Angela Bassett will probably would say move into the Alec Baldwin role. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that she will get but to it do more of that. Also, wouldn't surprise me if we see more Wes Bentley next time, especially if Michelle Monaghan's going to stick around. Yeah, hopefully he's. I mean, I'm assuming he'd be a bad guy because uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why you would cast him for that role. He's not yeah. right casting that, that, for that, that role said, unless he's um, a bad guy. Oh yeah, when he appeared though, because I'm not super familiar with Wes Bentley, I it I was like, who is short Henry Cavill? <laughs> like he had the same kind of facial hair as Henry Cavill. He's the same coloring. He kind of looks like Henry Cavill with like a really tight ponytail. Yeah. Um, but uh, to me, he like I associate him most strongly with Seneca Crane from Hunger Games. Yeah, and I can't remember what he looked like. In I'll Hunger show Games. you a picture, but I'll, I'll look it up later. But I, I remember him from American Beauty, but I just don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know him that well. Um, I have a note in all caps that says "Cinematography on the rope, helicopter climb, fuck me all the way up," because yeah. the when that scene against the clouds in the mountain when the two yeah. helicopters and he's climbing up the rope is like that is just insane it's insane and you know he did it like yeah. i mean he must have done it oh i don't think that was tom cruise i think that was a stunt oh okay person. that was a stunt. um because he's in shadow you can't right, see his right. face but like that had that same like like feeling in my stomach that like buzzing swelling like oh my oh, god yeah. it's great when um, you do pair tense action with that kind of shot uh, that's just like oh so yeah good. no that was cool. um uh, and the, the scenery was beautiful. The last bits were shot – they were shot in New Zealand and Norway. 
And yeah. like, um, I looked up later the the rock at the end with the big flat plateau on it. Mm. That's a real rock in Norway, but it's like a tourist attraction. People just go and like sit on top of the rock. Yeah, stand up there. That doesn't surprise me. I'm like, no fences. I would be freaking out. <laughs> I don't think I would actually. I think I'd be okay. You're okay with heights though. Yeah, in the way that I am. I am not. I'm 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 not so good with like claustrophobic stuff. Yeah, but heights I'm fine. Yeah. Um, uh, that's okay. So some of the similarities in the throwbacks. There's the rock climbing bit at the end, which is the throwback to two, mm-hmm. which opens with him rock climbing. Indeed. Um, and the motorbikes throwback to two as well. Yeah. There's motorbikes in all of them. He loves his motorbike. Um, there was motorbikes in the last one, and I talked about how he's like a robot on the motorbike and there's no reaction for yeah. things. Um, Ilsa is tied up in a chair and Lane is menacing her, very similar to Philip Seymour Hoffman and Julia Michelle Monaghan in the third one. Yeah, yep. Um, yep. That was a like very similar setup. I uh-huh. think that was a throwback as well. Yep. Um, and where Julia had to be saved by Tom Cruise, Ilsa saves herself. Mm-hmm. And I think Tom Cruise and then she like, has, dies she... in that moment and she revives him. Yeah. It's and quite and she, well, she also kind of has to save Benji at that point too. Yeah, she does. Yeah, I love damsel in distress, Benji. Well, <laughs> I, I also it. like that bit because you get, like Ilsa has to make the Ethan-like choice of mm. fight this guy or save my, uh, like kill this guy or save my teammate. It's interesting because she doesn't make the choice. Mm. Lane just manages to pass out just in time for her to save. Yeah, so well, rather like... she makes the choice to go after Lane and, yeah. and hope that Benji saves himself, which I thought was really interesting. I do too. I think that could be interesting if they play that up in the next one. Yeah. Like if they actually go down that path. Maybe make Ilsa remotely interesting instead of the yeah. Like, that was the most interesting thing she did all movie. I thought the robot person she is because yeah. she's so dull to me. I got a bit bored in the Cruise versus Campbell fight right at the end because you knew it was going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, can we just get to it, get on with it now? Right. Please? And the helicopter crashes was so stupid. Like, yeah, so dumb. Like nobody's going to survive that. I know, and that's the thing. And like, they just kept like pushing it over an edge again like you're just like they're not no one's gonna survive this yeah i i made the walk it off joke quite often in yeah this, yeah because i was like oh he'll be fine just walk it off so many times yeah. because there's so many times that there you would absolutely not be fine yeah yeah and then at the end of the movie in that um lord of the rings ending scene <laughs> where they all come into his hospital bed and um, yeah yeah although henry cavill does get a cool um hans gruber-like death with a oh a hook yeah. to the face that was Oh, yeah. I liked the ending of it. Yeah, yeah. And I liked how it eventually ended. But there was so much before that was just unbelievable. Mm. That was annoying. When they, which is when they were fighting, you're like, you, Tom Cruise, you can't beat Henry Cavill. Mm. And you've fallen down three cliffs in helicopters. We watched them explode around you. You don't even have a cut on your face. No. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah. I just, it's too much. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it was too extended. Yeah. Um, and he's long at yeah. that point as and well. And the, the Ilsa Benji scene's much more tense. Much more. Much and better. And I still think that's because Solomon Lane is a better bad guy and a scarier yeah. bad guy. And he's he's picking on people who are weaker than him as well. Uh, and the stakes are really high for us because Benji is like hung by a noose. I'm telling you the only way to get stakes in the Mission Impossible series yeah. is to put Benji in danger. Yeah. Like when he had that bomb strapped to his chest in the last one, yeah. I was like, oh my God, that was tense. Yeah. You know? I was really tense for him as well. Yeah. And 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 Ethan cared so much. Yeah. The thing is with them all separated, they don't really know what's going on with the others. Mm. So nobody's really tense for Ethan doing these things because no. they don't know what he's doing. Well also you kind of do you just know Ethan's gonna survive? Yeah. Whereas like with Benji, you kind of like Any th- minute they could oh kill him. Oh my god, off. they could kill him. They're, I mean they're not going to, but also at the same time they could. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and then the ending kind of was a bit abrupt and it was it was very much like that Lord of the Rings. 
Oh, scene yeah, with all the hospital. Yeah. Where everybody comes in and, and the hobbits are hugging on the bed, except with no yeah, hugging. Yeah, yeah. Because you're homo. <laughs> and somehow, like, Benji, despite having been, like, hung by the neck and almost dying from it, is not in hospital himself. Elsa got slammed in the face with, a like, a yeah. two by four. Yeah. And was fine. No hospital bed for her. No. Um, and then, yeah, and I liked the credits both at the beginning and the end that were quite TV-like. Yes, very much. Especially the, the opening credits. I was like, they're showing scenes from the movie that haven't happened yet. I think they do that in all of them. Yeah. I, I seem to remember them doing it that It feels very old-fashioned. I feel like that's a Mission Impossible thing that they do the spoilers at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it must be. Um, but it's it just like it's kind of – it's very old school. I think um, I really – like especially from the – because I think I know the third one the best, the J.J. Abrams one. Right, yeah. And um, I feel like that he kind of set the tone for the later ones a bit. Yes, I agree. Because um, the second one was the John Woo one that was a bit weird. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams, is he's nothing if not like reverential of the material that's come before. And also the um, – And he produ- still produces these. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, gosh. Five minutes till dog meet up. All so, right. So, are you going to give it a rating? I don't know what to rate it because I do feel like the story is not good. Right. But, like, in terms of action, filmmaking, holy God, this movie's great. Yeah, I want to give it four stars for that reason. I do Like, it's too, not a perfect movie, but... But I feel like it doesn't deserve that because I'm going to just forget the plot in five minutes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'll I'll say four stars. Yeah, okay. Somewhere between maybe three and a half and four. Yeah, no worries. Okay. If oh. it was a Marvel movie, I'd be pissed at it. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. Right. Well... I don't know actually how I would feel if it was a Marvel movie, but I really had a great time watching this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. Very last thing I want to say is they should give um, Rob Hardy, I think is the name, cinematographer. of cinematographer. He also did Ex Machina and Annihilation. They should give him an Oscar nomination for this. They won't because it's action. Yeah. But he, this is why they have Oscars for cinematography. Yeah. This was so good, and not just that he would have had to he had to lead a team of people who were including an underwater cinematographer and an yes. aerial cinematographer, like the work involved, who all would have had to coordinate really closely with the stunt team, yeah, who would just must have been incredibly overworked on this. And there's no easy outs, there's no quick cuts, you know. He, mm. the director clearly wanted long takes, yeah. So there's no like easy outs for these, the, these. And, and that you've got a star who insists on doing his own stunts, right? So there, there aren't easy outs for these solu- yeah. He has to find solutions for these things that are going to work and look like they look in this film. He yeah, deserves that Oscar nom. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, sorry. All right, now I will wrap up so that you can take the dog out. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. Uh, and if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.